Hello, everyone. Thank you again for joining Dorsey Ross on this episode of The Dorsey Ross Show. In this episode, Dorsey interviews another special guest that will give you hope and inspire you. Hello, everyone. Thank you again for joining us on another episode of the Dorsey Ross Show. Today we have a special guest with us. Her name is Sterling Decker. She is a best-selling author, speaker, and coach. And for the past 15 years, she has helped hundreds hear, experience, and lead from the voice of clarity so they can fulfill their purpose with bold confidence. Sterling is the author of the acclaimed book, Roar Back, Transforming Struggle into Strength with a blued number one across eight character categories on Amazon. In this book, Sherilyn tells the story of her layoff and from her experience teaches us how to not just survive our trials, but use them, learn from them so we can be empowered and help others. Sherilyn, thank you so much for joining us today. Oh, Darcy, thank you so much for having me. This is such a treat. Yes, definitely. Well, you know, tell us a little bit about your story and about your testimony. Oh, my goodness. Well, there's so many places where God has had a testimony in my life. And so there's a lot to harvest from. And, you know, he's just been so faithful. The one of the big lessons that I feel like God has been the most faithful is, you know, in the season where I lost my job. And it was one of those phone calls that you get that you just, you know, wish you hadn't. <laughs> it is like, hi, but you're, I'm sorry, your position has been eliminated. Click. <laughs> and really, that's all you hear because everything else doesn't matter because that's really the, you know, that's, that was the important piece and nothing else. You didn't hear anything else after that. Right. And it was in that it was in that point where God really kind of um, redefined who I was because the job that I had was my identity. It was everything that I knew. It was what I had based my self-worth on. It was what I based my identity on. And when that was then gone, then now what? Now who am I? And I didn't know. And I had to really kind of say, all right, God, what is this? And so I thought for a period of time, okay, I'll be out of job for a little while. I'll find another one and no problem. And I'll move on to a different job in corporate America. And that is just not what God had in mind. And it was a very painful process of trusting the Lord to kind of redefine not just who I was, but what it was he was calling me to do and the purpose and plan that he had for me. How did you get to that step of knowing, you know, that the next step was what God was calling you to do? Painful. I had a very, I'd worked in corporate America for probably about 12 years at this point. And so I had developed a pretty good network and I had reached out to everybody that I knew and said, Hey, I lost my job. I was laid off. I'm looking for something else. I had reached out to some headhunters to look for some opportunities and every single door that I approached that was open, closed, right in my face. It was like, there, it was absolutely not going that way. 
And it was like, all right, well, then what? And then I had a headhunter call and it was the job of a lifetime and it was the title I would have desired. And it, it was amazing money. The problem was it was two hour commute one way. Now you live outside of Philadelphia. You know what that looks like to live outside of a major city and have nothing but traffic getting there and back. I lived outside Washington, D.C. at this time. Traffic was a parking lot. And so to have a job where the consistent commute would have been two hours one way was just not the family life that I had wanted. I had uh, I had toddlers and then I had uh, a kindergartner. There was no way that this was going to work. And I had to choose between, okay, God, what are you asking me to do? And and I really was like, this isn't it. This isn't it, is it? And he was just like, no. And it, it got to the point where my husband just really didn't understand what was happening and why we I wasn't making progress and why I wasn't, my resume wasn't turning anything and why my network wasn't working. And God began to speak to me about doing something else. And that was not what my husband wanted to hear. Because when you just lose your job and you're starting to live off of your savings, because I was the breadwinner at that time in our lives. And then that is not the time to go out on your own and start your own business. <laughs> the call of entrepreneurship is not something you listen to when you're in the bottom of the pit. But that's exactly what God was calling me to do. He was beginning to speak to me about doing my own thing. He began to speak to me about the gifts and callings that he had put inside of me. And that's kind of where that started. You talk about trials and, you know, the woman now in your ministry, you talk about the trials that we go through in your life. Did you, you know, grow up in a Christian home and how did you, you know, come to a relationship with Christ? Yeah. So I was, um, I've been in church since the womb. My parent, I'm a third generation Christian. Um, so I was very proud of that heritage and so thankful for it. Um, so, but at the same time, this was the season where my faith became my own. And it was one thing to be able to know and, you know, know the verses. And I knew my husband and I taught stewardship. We knew that we, we had an understanding of what it means for God to provide in the word. This was the first time we had really kind of walked through fire where we had to test and see <laughs> that God is actually faithful for us. This was where we really had to live it with skin on. And it became very real in the, you know, at the end of the month, is this something that is really going to happen for us? Is God really going to provide? And we had to live out our faith in a completely new and different way than we'd ever had to before. And, um, and thank goodness, I mean, God is faithful to his word and he provided for us every single step of the way. It was not pretty, but he did. Yeah, you know, that's definitely something that we all need to to learn and to realize that God will supply somehow, some way. He'll, he'll make it happen. He does. And, and that's the challenge, right? It's realizing that it's not the how, it's the who. And we have to take our eyes off of the circumstances and say, I don't know what this looks like. I don't know how this is going to work, but I know who my father is. And he says he's, he will, and that's got to be enough. And you wrestle with that. You wrestle with that when you're in the middle of the pit to say, will he or won't he? And to really have to test the faith and see, but God loves that. He says, test me. He wants us to test our faith because he wants to prove that he's faithful. And I think he likes to look for opportunities to show off a little bit. Right. Definitely. So how did you go from 
you know, being in, in that corporate club, obviously it was a calling of God on your heart and your spirit to do that. But what was the like the transition from going from corporate America to doing the ministry that you're doing now? Yeah, I really think that in so many ways it prepared me because I, I mean, in my heart, as a little girl, I always wanted to be a lawyer. I went to law school. That was just what I wanted to do. And I went the corporate route to go do that. And that was just something that I always had a fascination for. And I ended up in a um, at a company at one point in my career where I was building this business. And so I was doing um I was I was helping this business grow by doing all kinds of uh, what they call business development type of work. And that really helped prepare me for what I would need when I would go out on my own. And so even though I can look back at all the experiences I've had and see how God had prepared me along the way, giving me different skills and um, and helping me build certain strengths, at the same time, he was really calling me into an area um, very you know, very similar to what Abraham is, calling me into a place of complete unknown, not knowing what the next step is, not knowing, you know, having nothing. um, I mean, all my contacts were in corporate America. I was being called into the ministry specifically into working with women to help them hear the voice of God. And how that ends up working is I end up working very closely with women Christian leaders in the corporate America. and then entrepreneurs and I help them hear from the voice of God to know how to move forward in their business. And because they can bring to me, oh, this is what's happening at work and they can bring those kinds of situations. I have an understanding of the corporate environment and I have an understanding of the entrepreneur environment. So I'm able to speak to them at their language and then say, okay, now let's discern what God is saying to you here about your next steps forward, especially when it's unclear because we're often especially in the ministry, especially in, you know, when we're on our own and trying to build our, you know, a business, often the next steps are unseen. We have to really tap into, okay, God, what am I hearing from you? And so between the the work that God did to kind of develop me hearing from him for myself is how I can help other women and other people hear from him for themselves as well. Tell us about your book, you know, real back. Yeah. My book, it, Roarback, is the story of my layoff and what God wa- walked me through. Because we all have a different process with the Lord, right? Of what He takes us through, the questions that He asks us, of the of really the flesh that we have to die to ourselves, right? And so this was my process. And I sometimes, I know not every church is equipped to walk people through difficulties like this. And so this was my Holy Spirit school. This was just what God walked me through and he challenged me to put it down in a book. And so I can help other people do the same thing. And so roar back is the concept of really finding our confidence in God, knowing who we are, who he says we are, how to respond to the circumstances when trials hit, because sometimes we get stuck in the swirl of everything. And we don't know that our anchor, if it's anchored in the right place, if it's anchored on God's word, it will hold. And so it's learning how to stand on those promises of God in scripture and say, you know what, my circumstances don't look a thing like this, but I trust that my God can, can, he can move mountains. 
and to, and to really trust him and learn what it's like to operate and respond from a place of standing on the word and responding in gratitude and responding in um, in praise because those are our weapons. And then um, I also talk about how we can overcome some of the obstacles that are in our way by learning how the enemy works and learning how to kind of see those flaming darts coming at us so we can then pick up our shield of faith and move forward. And then I talk about how to um, how to apply the lessons that God is trying to teach us to give us discernment to move forward. And then the last piece of the book, the last um, section is about how to help our, help us find our testimonies so that we can begin to help other people walk through something similar that we've walked through. So that's the heart of the Roarback book. Would that book specifically be towards women or can anybody read that book? Anybody can read that book. I was very happy when my husband read it. I was very happy when my father-in-law read it and they both gave me feedback that it, that yes, it applied to their life too. So even though I wrote it from the perspective of a, of a woman, and that's mainly who I serve, the book is really meant to just be for anyone who is looking to have God to help walk them through some difficult stuff and um, help them hear from Him on how to on how to find strength in it. Is then acumen that you use for roar, and what? Yes. What does that mean? So ROAR itself is the acronym, R-O-A-R, and it stands for respond, overcome, apply the lessons we've learned. And then the last one is reveal our story to other people. And so that's what ROAR stands for. What type of programs do you have for women in your, at your meetings, at your, you know, conferences? So I have been walking a, a small group of women, women through my book as a book study. Um, that was one of the first things that God has led me to do. And so I've been doing that. And in the process, I've been putting together a God is just so good because I did not start out to write a Bible study. <laughs> but I wrote this book and I was and then as we were walking through this book with this small group of women, I real they were like, are you going to write a study guide? And so the thing that's coming out at the end of this year is a study guide that's in companion to this book for women to take their own small group through, to go through the go through it with me as a small group. I'm doing that. And then I have all kinds of different um, products and services on my website. I'm a coach, so I do work with women one-on-one. Um, I can't multiply myself too far. So those slots are, you know, they, they uh, they are what they are, but the the groups that I have and the online courses that I have, I have one um, online class that's called um, taking out the trash of our stinking thinking. And this is when we realize that sometimes the thoughts that we have are not from God and recognizing that we need to take that trash out and we need to replace it with what God says. And um, so I walk through people through a five-day challenge on how to do that. I also have so many declarations because I believe in the power of the spoken word. When Jesus was in the desert and he was in the wilderness as he was being tempted by the enemy, he says, it is written. So we take our Bible, we take our verses the same way and we say, hey, it is written that God is my provider. It is written that he is my protection. It is written that he is whatever it is that our circumstances need. And so I've been building a library of these declarations so I can help people speak the word of God, because that was just not in my faith tradition. It was just not something I was raised in how to do. And 
so I realized that this is part of what I'm called to equip women to do is learn how to stand on the promises of God and what it means to declare those out of your mouth and how you use it as a sword. What are some of the hardest trials that you have had to overcome in your life and how did God help you to go to come through those trials? There have been so many. I feel like my life in the last 15 years has been a lot about surrender. We talked about me losing my job. That was pretty big and pretty major. I lost my dad to cancer almost 12 years ago. That was almost 10 years ago. Sorry. That was extremely painful. He was, um, we were very close and it was really hard. And I still feel like, you know, as, as an adult, there's so much wisdom that I know he could have given me. And so and I'm like, okay, now God, you have to step in as, as both my earthly father and my heavenly father, because there's things now that I need from him in a different way. That was extremely painful. I had to, um, I mean, I mean, just in, I mean, in, just in my normal, normal life, there's just been difficulties and challenges, financial challenges. Um, uh, there were seasons where everything broke one after another, after another, after another. And we were like, are you kidding me? And learning how to really trust God that, you know, um, okay, this is breaking and I'm going to flip it around and expect now an upgrade. If, if everything is collapsing around me, I'm trusting that you not only have me, but that I'm getting an upgrade. Um, and so, <laughs> so those are some of the things that I've had to walk through and really just holding on to God saying, I don't know what the outcome looks like. I can't possibly anticipate the outcome, but I know that I'm in good hands. You know, definitely during those hard times, you know, times where everything is, you know, collapsing around us is when, you know, we have to cry out to God and we know that he's going to be there for us. Yes. And then when he shows up, just reminding ourselves to have a heart of gratitude, to be like, thank you, God. Because often we just pass by our miracle and we're like, oh, yeah, that, that was great. And we don't realize, we don't take the time to celebrate all of the different ways that God shows up. I remember very clearly when, um, when, I, when I was in the season of losing my job and we had you know, this bill come in for my electric bill. And I'm like, I don't know how we're going to pay this. And then like the very end of that week, I get a rebate check from Costco and it's the same amount with like a little bit of leftover, like 11 cents or something small. Right. But it was still enough with leftovers. And so I was just like, okay, so now that's money that I don't have to spend at Costco. I can now put that towards my electric bill. And that's just, you know, with my family, that's just where we got you know, we, we bought our meat in bulk and everything. That's just how we kind of saved money. And so that was a, that was a blessing. And then I remember another time when I was walking on, uh, we were walking the dogs and pushing our kids in the stroller and my, my little kindergartner found $50 on the sidewalk in the, like next to the ditch. And like, this wasn't near anybody's house. So this wasn't like, Oh, Hey, this is laying by somebody's car. It's theirs. This was clearly there in the middle of nowhere. And that was like groceries for that week. I mean, so there were so many different ways where God provided for us in these little things. And we have to take all of these opportunities where God shows up and, sh and say, thank you. Thank you for that. Because that, you know, it's the gratitude that we then bring the Lord that becomes an offering of praise. As we get ready to end today, how can pastors or women get in touch with you if they have a conference or they have a event that they want you to come 
and speak at. I would love that. So the best way to get in touch with me is on social media um, is my name, Sherilyn Decker, pretty much everything but Facebook. Facebook is Sherilyn Decker author because I didn't know I was going to be anything before when I have, you know, my name is my personal page, but you can find me and message me there. And then also my website is SherilynDecker.com. And I can make sure that I have that for you for your show notes. Sounds good. Is there something else that you would like to share and encourage the, the listeners and also the women that are listening today? I just want to encourage you that whatever you're walking through right now, the word of God has something to say about it. He promises us he will never leave us. He will never forsake us. He promises us to cast our cares on him and that he has it. And then if we will just trust him, he says his word will not return to void. And so that means when we speak out the word of God, we are trusting and we are choosing to believe that God will do what he says. And so I just want to encourage you, trust him. He's got you. Amen. Well, thank you so much for going on us today and coming on the show. I greatly appreciate it. Thank you, Dorsey. It's been a pleasure to be here. Nice, so nice to meet you. You too. Well, guys, thank you again for going on us on another episode of the Dorsey Ross Show. And I hope you enjoy and like and share. And until next time, God bless. Bye-bye. again for joining Dorsey Ross on this episode of the Dorsey Ross show. Please like share and tell others about the show. Also, please check out the other podcast episodes. And if you would like donate to this podcast and buy Dorsey a coffee. Thanks again for tuning in and we'll catch you in the next episode.